Welcome to hour number two on a Friday on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. How much do you know about K food? How much hanshik have you eaten? We invite you into the world of Korean food, of course, including the history and culture of it. We'll introduce trendy foods and famous restaurants on Dish of the Day with Chef Ryan. That's right. After a good month plus out of action, Chef Ryan is back in the studio with us today, having gone back to see fam in the States. How was your trip, Ryan? Oh, thanks, Peter. It was great, man. Um, great time with my, my grandmother, who's uh, just about 92 years old. Wow. Uh, even took her bowling. Amazing. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, we got fishing with my parents. Uh, I got to witness my father catch the largest fish he's ever caught in this one particular river. Wow. Uh, that was, it's, it's a big deal if, if, you know, if you, do you ever go fishing with your family? And I all used that? to with my dad when I was really young. Yeah, yeah. And we'd often catch nothing after like <laughs> six, seven hours and just that's, go home. It put fishing. me off though forever because i was like what was the point in that dad he was terrible i was terrible how big are we talking though right well it's rainbow trout um, on a small river in northern arkansas so um you know they're not they're i mean you can find some big ones but this one was pretty darn big i i I don't remember the exact size of it but but uh definitely the largest my father did you eat it as well no we let that one go we let somebody else catch that one too oh that's lovely and so you've come back and been in the self-quarantine as per the regulations right what was that whole thing like because you know people want to travel abroad and i don't think many have in the past two years was it an easy process going in and out we we lucked out we we uh, planned our return mm-hmm. the day after the previous regulations were ending. So ah. with hopes that it would yeah. get better. And it did get a little bit better. It went from 10 days to seven. Oh, I see. And then while we were in quarantine, they said, you know, actually it's going to be six and a half. Oh. So, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I have to say, I kind of got used to it, man. It, Being it was, at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, you know, there's plenty of stuff to do at home after being gone for almost a month. So, yeah. um, I really, yeah, I got maybe a little too used to it. Plus but, it's winter. There's yes. nothing to do on the farm. You want to hibernate you know, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just cooking and cleaning and it organizing. It is chilly again, and you can tell by Ryan wearing his little jacket in the yeah. studio oh, as well. Right. Yeah. It is really cold, and I hope your farm is okay. Like it's all weather-proofed for the crops that need to be. They're sure, inside, we, we've got they? a greenhouse, and and there are some cold weather plants in there, like spinach and that kind of thing. But, They'll be all right. Yeah. Many of our listeners really glad to have you back, Leon. Welcoming you back, Benedict, who's been tuning in the f- past few days. It's the, his first time seeing you here in the studio. Got to say another thanks to Joe, who covered finally and did lots of dad jokes while you're away. <laughs> thanks, as well. Joe, old uh, friend. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. it's good to switch in and out. But we're so happy to have you back. Today, I've previewed that it's going to get a bit fishy in mm-hmm. the corner dish of the day. So what is the main ingredient we're looking at today? Well, this one's really important. I don't think there's a fish that's more important in Korean culture oh. than, than Pollock, right? Okay, yeah, because right. of the different forms you consume it in, right? Well, I don't, is there a fish in, in Korean that, that has more names? <laughs> I don't think so. That right? can make it confusing, right? I think it, as a foreigner. You know, I don't think I really got my head around it all until being here maybe five years. Yeah. And I finally, went, I was I was at a restaurant having one of the forms of it, mm-hmm. and they had this long um, story on the wall of the restaurant. Yeah, and, and it was all in Korean. So I'm trying to read it and trying to understand. And a friend helped me out, 
And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. And that's when I started to understand better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Depending on how it is prepared and how right. it serves so many different names for what you would say, Pollock, is it okay to say cod as well or are they slightly different they are different they're okay. they're they're similar but uh, a little bit smaller usually uh-huh. uh they're definitely cold water water uh, northern pacific fish mm-hmm. um and and a little deeper water uh often but in the months the fall coming up toward before winter then they'll come into the shallower waters or traditionally they did um, <laughs> I, I don't think there's too many left around around south korea oh dear. Uh, they don't come as far south anymore uh-huh. uh, they say that that's not just because of overfishing it's also due to um uh temperatures in the water changing a Uh-oh. little bit but uh, we still get plenty here from Russia, mm-hmm. um, and and they're still prepared in all the traditional ways. All right, so which is really pretty elaborate. Yeah, yeah, the the first one we're going to get into here, Hwangte. How would That's, we describe that? Okay, so uh, this is I've never seen this anywhere else in the world, but. Mm. Because of the cold winter winds in the mountains, like think about where the Olympics was here, you yeah. know, Pyeongchang, and and then Inje out on mm-hmm. the east coast, the northeast part of South Korea, those winter winds. I was just out there two days ago. Oh, wow. It is cold yeah. out there, right? Those winds are biting. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so imagine in you catch a ton of these fish mm-hmm. in like early November. And early November, it's not that cold yet. I mean, you still might have some freezing days, but not not entirely. Sure. So you catch them then. Yeah. Then you kind of process them. You clean them a bit, and and then you hang them. Yeah. Out in the winter wind Mm -hmm. until March. Just for that whole time. The whole time. Wow. Traditionally, it's four months. And... And in that perfect condition of mm-hmm. freezing and thawing and the wind coming along, you get this amazing dried concentrated protein. I mean, mm-hmm. think about your in in places like Norway or Sweden, you they'll pickle the fish sure. you know, or smoke them. Yeah. Here they were just hung up and dried. And it's it's beautiful. We're looking at the photos. It's like rows upon rows of these fish just hanging there for months on end. That's it. Uh, I guess this process, I mean, yeah, hanging them up might be a bit labor intensive, but then you just kind of just leave them and let them be, right? Because they're not going to go off because of the weather, right? Right. You know, as long as you don't have too many warm days, mm. you know. Um, but they're freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing and uh, and losing all that moisture. Um, and then what you're left with is just concentrated protein that mm. is preserved well enough that you can keep it around for a long time so you can survive the winter, right? Yeah, that's know? amazing. So the finished product is like completely dry? Oh, yeah. Huangte is completely dried, okay. and it gets that yellow hue from that process. Mm. Uh, there's some cheaper varieties that aren't made in the traditional way that might not be quite as yellow, or maybe they've added some dye to try to mimic it. But, uh, but yeah, you get... You get Huangte, this uh, beautiful uh, dried, um, and you know the first time I had it, I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> in, entirely impressed. You know, I was like, yeah, it's okay, kind of flaky and <laughs> rehydrated or or dried in this way. You mm-hmm. know, they'll toss it in a dry pan and then serve it as kind of an anju with with drinks. Mm-hmm. You know. 
Um, but, uh, but it's really grown on me, especially when I noticed later the health benefits, how it really does make you feel better mm. or rejuvenates you. Uh, a great hangover cure too. Yeah. Have it in a soup um, or something like that. Rehydrated. It, it really right? does contain a molecule that, uh, is proven to help detoxify the liver. Oh, so, wow. So the, the ancient, you know, doing this and saying that it worked, you know, they eventually proved that it was true too. So that's great. Neat. I, I didn't know that about the yellow hue as well so if you're seeing that as long as it's not been artificially dyed that's a good sign absolutely some good yeah. quality yeah. Hung are you tear. a fan peter are you a fan of hung i am because my mum somehow i know i did reject a lot of her dishes when i was younger she got me to eat the one the soup that has this rehydrated in it with the egg yeah. it's kind of like a soy sauce base so sure. i didn't sure. actually eat too much of the fish i will admit <laughs> like, i just drink the soup with the egg part and well, even the egg now, the tofu the scallions um, you know, it's good stuff. And definitely there's the Korean radish in there to flavor mm-hmm. the bath is also, also really good for you. Yeah. It's um, all a delicious delight. And yeah, you, mm. you saw it there in its form where it can be a bit flaky and stuff, but dipping that in some mayonnaise or something like that with a beer, it's lovely. Uh, and, and that's something, if you've got friends that just pop over and you need a little snack, mm. you know, you can pull this thing out of the freezer, this dried fish yeah. and just tear the little pieces off of mm-hmm. it, toss it in a dried pan for a minute. Yeah. And then put <laughs> mayo and soy and maybe some chopped garlic or some chopped up spicy chilies. Yeah. It doesn't sound that special, but I got to tell you, it's a really, really nice snack. Yeah, and it's better than yeah. just a bag of chips. It looks like you've put a bit of totally, effort in at totally, least, right? Yeah. And Leon says, Omo, oh my goodness, I just managed to find a video of Daily K with Chef Ryan where you brought in dried Pollock soup to the studio about Beautiful. four plus years ago on one of the old food segments. Yes, Chef. Everyone who's got access to YouTube, go and find that video. <laughs> Those were the good old days when I we should eat in the studio. I should have watched that in preparation for the day. <laughs> I don't even remember that. You did so many things bringing in the food on most weeks. I love that. That was yeah. so much fun. And I probably brought it in that stone pot. Yes. So it would stay hot on the drive up. You Your know? favorite stone I love pot. That, thing. that was delicious. I do recall now eating it. You got a couple of messages. Yeah, Silver Granny. Um,. <laughs> I was asking if the birds eat the, you know, we showed the picture earlier of the Pollock hanging on the, um, you know, northeast part in the mountains, yeah, uh, you know, near the sea in Korea. And that's a very good question. Why I got to, I want to have to find out. I've got to, I got, because magpies, they would eat anything, right? And why wouldn't, <laughs> so I wonder if the farmers out there are constantly trying to scare away the birds. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good question. I can't believe I never thought, I have to have scarecrows on our farm to oh. keep them from eating the corn. Really? Um, absolutely. And they'll eat the tomatoes and everything else. So you got to think they're going to go after yeah, some bits of fish. Not right? like they hibernate in the winter or anything, right. but I guess when it's frozen, that might be hard to consume. But when it True. thaws, like you said, it's freezing and thawing, freezing and thawing. Think that yeah yeah yeah. And i'm guessing there is a smell to them because once they're fully dried there's n- next to no like aroma coming from them that's one of the unique things about it is that it really does have a <laughs> it doesn't have any really strong smell because these, these are used in those uh traditional um you know if you open a new business or mm. something like that did that when you first came to Korea and you saw that, were you surprised by that? I, when I came back to Korea, actually, uh-huh. in 2016, I was working like part-time with this company, this trading company, uh-huh. and they had not an actual hunk tear, but like a bronze statue 
of Huangte. So not right. the fresh Pollock, right. but the dried well. Pollock statue. And I was That's like, cool. what is that? And then mm. they told me it was like auspicious for a new business, right? I, I got into a taxi my very first time uh-huh. with suitcases, and I had to put them in the trunk. Yeah. And the taxi driver opened up the trunk, uh-huh. and there was a dried Pollock wrapped in silk. And I didn't know anything about <laughs> Korea or Korean culture. I'm just thinking, hey, my luggage is going to smell like fish. Wow. Is that a common thing to do? Because you I've often don't it. go into the trunk, do you, of a taxi? Well, I guess, you know, it's your it's your business. And when you open a new business, one of the traditions is to is to have that, that dried Pollock wrapped in silk over the door yeah. or up around the ceiling to to bring good fortune, you know, for your wow. business. Yeah. Um, I didn't know taxi drivers did that, though. That's cool. You don't see these these things as much, you know, anymore with new businesses. They're not doing uh, those old uh, traditions as much. Not as but, much. But, yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. yeah, you used to get the big pig's head as well a lot of the time. I know, time. right, with the money in the mouth. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is very odd because it was a proper pig's head just <laughs> staring at you, right? And uh, I don't know, I think that Dongta one, the dried fish, could be nice in a taxi. Like, if you're a bit peckish, you could rip off a few in non-COVID well, it, it times. Doesn't, it doesn't make your luggage smell in the back. I'll, I'll attest to that. Oh, okay. Um, it, they don't stink up the rest. It's a totally dried product, you know. Nice. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anything you could substitute it for. And also doing this yourself, like in your back garden, if you live somewhere cold, that would be difficult, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. To, it, it's a long, I mean, four months. Think about that. Four yeah. months. We, and that's just one of the many ways that it's enjoyed. Yeah, you know? we do have a photo of the way you can see there it, it traditionally yeah. uh, at the top of a doorway. And you've got also, I forgot what you call those things with the red Chinese characters, Bujok or something like that. Oh, you you know better than I do. but Bujok, yes, yeah. it's right. Because my kids, they watch this ghost cartoon and they have these to ward off the ghosts. They'll like oh, cool. throw them at the ghosts. I don't think that happens in real life. When, but... I, when I lived in Brazil, you know, you when you come up to a house, you might find this giant wooden horse head statue with these really oh. big eyes and teeth showing. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And it was to scare away evil spirits, Ooh. you know. And that's I think that's part of the same deal with the Pollock, you know, yeah. um, to keep the keep the good spirits in and the bad spirits out. So don't be too shocked if you see that above a doorway. It can be quite a surprise if it's your first time in Absolutely. Korea seeing that. <laughs> it does yeah. belong there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so we've talked about maybe its most famous form, the Tongte. But there are so many different names, as we mentioned, depending on its state. So we've got a photo of what, to be honest, is a very ugly fish. This is what it's called in its like natural state is myongte. Right. I, I guess as best as I can tell is, you know, the fish living in nature is myongte. Because ah. as soon as it's caught, when it's fresh, it's yeah. called sengte. Sengte. And then if it's frozen, then it's dongte. Okay. Right? And then it's if it's half dried, it's godari. Okay. Right? Yeah, I've heard that. I love godari. Okay. The half dried one. And then if it's fully dried, mm-hmm. it's huangte. Okay. Or there's another word too. Uh, the bugo is also for fully dried. Yeah, because for that soup, my mum would always say pugoku. Right? right. She'd right, call right. it the pugo soup. And we're looking at that there where it's I don't know. Is it different? It's very dried. It's just fully desiccated. That's got to be the Huang right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all the Pugo, our producer oh, thinks, right. he thinks, yeah, that's the Pugo. But 
are those names almost interchangeable? I guess to your everyday layman, I believe they would that be. pool, when it, when you use the the name Pulgo, that it, it's not necessarily dried in the traditional way. Ah. outside on the mountain, it so. could be more desiccated artificially because it, mm-hmm. it did look very dry in that photo. Wait, and there is also, and I've seen like one of these alleys that had this name Nogadi. Oh, right, 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 right. Have you heard the slang, too, the nogari kaja? Have you heard that? What does one? that mean? <laughs> a friend was telling me it means, like, uh, to go and talk or have a drink and talk. Because oh. nogari is the smaller version of, of the Pollock. It's a okay. smaller Pollock, and it's fully dried. Yeah. And then it's a great little anju or, or side dish if you're having beer or something mm. out. And, and you just peel off pieces of it and, again, dip it in the mayo kind of soy sauce that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, you can see a photo yeah. of it there, I believe. And, uh, have I you think tried that one? That, yeah, I have. And I've tried, I don't know if it's the same type of fish, but they were, yeah, quite tiny and you could almost eat them in a mouthful. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and some folks do. Some folks eat the entire fish. Yeah, yeah you yeah. can go and not waste anything at all. Uh, <laughs> Wagasadi says, I want to take someone to Korea, maybe not warn them about the Pollock and surprise them <laughs> when it's hanging over a entrance or something like that. I think you would definitely surprise them that way as well. Yes, yeah, so the, the thing I, I don't know, I get confused about. I, I guess we could talk about some dishes here which have part of them or, or the fish as part of them. The dong te tang. Right, uh, right. That's... Um you know, we've talked about, uh, before I was away visiting family, we've talked about other dishes that are very similar. Mm. Uh, you know, a little bit sweet, a little bit spicy soups or braised dishes, um, you know, braised with radishes like a jodium mm-hmm. or braised with the soybean sprouts like a jim. Um, all of those are made with this fish as well. And it's usually the dongte, the one that's uh, imported frozen because uh, uh, it's it's harder and harder to get any sangte, the fresh one uh, uh, here in Korean waters. Yeah, I have this quite regularly these days. I don't know if it's in season, but if it's frozen, I guess you can get it any time of the mm-hmm. year. But my mum seems to be picking it up a lot. And to be mm-hmm. honest, like the fish that you're getting is not that big, so it's quite bony. There's lots of bones I find in my meat. Mm. But the taste is, is so good. It goes so well, that spicy sweet. Broth. It has a, a bit firmer texture than, than a lot of other fish that are consumed here in Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, it holds together well, you know, boiled or braised. And it's um, quite meaty, even mm-hmm. though it's maybe not the biggest, because, yeah, a lot of the fish we eat here are maybe smaller, more bones, even more, True. and then tiny bits of flesh you're talking about, like the... Right. It, a lot of work. And a lot of work. Like yeah, exactly. So they can be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, even mackerel is maybe not as hearty, although that is on maybe the heartier side. This True. next photo we got lined up looks like just some naengmyeon, cold noodles that we've talked about It before. does, but the red strips on the top that have the sesame seeds on there mm. okay that is the half dried pieces that are braised but then chilled down and added to this cold noodle dish oh. so this is the godari naengmyeon okay and do you like this one is this the same or is that the fish that is used a lot in naengmyeon or is that slightly different that's no, raw no that's fresh raw. fish that's totally raw so this is my favorite naengmyeon by mm-hmm. far oh. the the godari has this really interesting texture when it's done well because it's it's half dried right yeah. and then braised then chilled 
and and it's obviously in like a sweet spicy sauce mm-hmm. and when they get the balance right with this naengmyeon with just the right amount of uh, asian pear or, or the pears here yeah. for that crunch and sweetness there's some strips of uh, like shoestrings of, of radish there as well. Mm. Um, and then the chewy, beautiful buckwheat chewy noodles. Uh, this is one of my favorite Korean foods, actually. Yeah, um, I, I like the, the hening, man, but I don't eat the hair. Like, I just like the flavor it kind of imparts on okay. the sauce. Right. And so right. I think I've had the kodari a few times, but all, I just left it to the side. I'm going to have to try the you texture. You really might like it because the texture, it's not smushy. Because Aren't, aren't, aren't you a little sensitive to the squishy, yeah, soft? Like it's not so like that. It has it has a little chew to it because it's half dried. Mm. Now, the, the huangte, the fully dried stuff, or the bugo, uh, if it's not reconstituted in water yeah. or a soup, then it's like crispy, right? Yeah, sure. Like the ones you're dipping in the mayonnaise and soy sauce. Yeah. They're like, they have this little like, it, it almost is kind of like a cotton candy <laughs> in a sense because it kind of disappears yeah, it on your palate. Yeah, it flakes away inside right, your mouth, right. right? And then if it's if it's reconstituted in a huangte tang or soup, then it has a little bit of a chew to it. It's more about getting the flavor in that broth mm. and then getting you the protein you yeah. know, in those cold winter months. Yeah, it seems like a great way to make use of that winter season and for the fish to not go off. Like traditionally, I'm sure that was the kind of aim of this. Exactly, thing, right? exactly. And that's where the coolest you know cultural foods come from always mm, those kind of precious now all about korea arirang radio we're back for our talk on all things Pollock, and I cannot say one word in Korean because there are just so many different ones sisk is saying what are all these different names but i think that Having been to Korea a few times, I've never eaten Pollock soup when being there. Or maybe I did eat it. I just didn't know what fish was inside. It's As long as it tastes good, that's the bottom line. Every time. Every time. Yeah, Silver Granny here is talking about the bear. If if they hung Pollock outside there, then the bears would think that they opened up a restaurant just for them. But yeah, I bet. God. Yeah, we don't have to worry about um, too much wildlife no. here at all. Uh, coming in, like, I don't even have to worry about rabbits on the farm. Just, oh, wow. just the birds, really. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are a very small number. I think a handful of those half moon bears really protected species, but I don't think they're causing I, much I've loss. heard that, that wild uh, wild pigs often go and will destroy ginseng farms. Oh. Can you imagine the thousands and thousands of dollars worth of Korean Goodness. ginseng being oh, wow. just torn up by wild pigs. Like the boars yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. that you always see in the news at one time a year. Storming through the restaurant. Yes, it's a little bit funny. Uh, Raul says, fish soup? Mm, Not sure. I'll pass. I'd prefer a veggie or beef base to my soup. I'm trying to think, in, in the West, do we have famous like fish chowder, soups? baby chowder, oh, like absolutely, clam chowder, and things absolutely, like that? yeah, potatoes and and bacon and you know clam or or it could be a fish chowder as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in the UK it definitely is more like of the traditional chicken soups or maybe some kind of beef broth or vegetable base. Mm. Fish is not such a popular thing there, I suppose, to put in a soup. Yeah. So true, so true. And in the American South, you don't find too many fish soups either. Mm. Gumbo, though, is uh-huh. an exception. Gumbo's got a lot of seafood in it. 
yeah. uh, more of a stew. Oh, um, and and actually, okay, Shelly Simmons in Trinidad, uh, we use salted cod. It is preserved by drying after salting. In some cultures, they call it bacalao. Oh. And and I, I grow peppers from Trinidad on our farm here, the Trinidad scorpions. I love those things. Are they packing um, a punch? Oh man, they're some of the hottest <laughs> in the world. Yeah, you don't you don't really eat them. You know, okay. you, you might chop up one with a bunch of other ingredients to make a sauce. You know, wow. or uh, or like a salsa on top of something. But but yeah, salted cod. Uh, I I grew up with that in Brazil as well. Um, you know, in places where it's warmer, mm. salt was used. But here, yeah. the difference is is how cold it gets in the winter. It could be preserved in a different way. Well, which, you, yeah. you, don't, you don't have that choice in Trinidad or Brazil, right? right? You right, can't right. freeze them, and I guess leaving them out in the hot sun isn't really going to help either is it yeah. <laughs> yeah cod is definitely a big fish in the uk but we just eat it mainly i guess we're lucky to fresh and then deep fry it and <laughs> you can't tell what it is inside. oh that's so good yeah you guys you guys have got that down uh steve here says he's gonna have a red snapper uh panko i'm assuming probably pan fried or deep fried with a panko oh. uh, breadcrumb on there for dinner tonight i'm a little jealous i love that dish uh my favorite way is to have a little bit of ginger uh, oh. on that snapper before you get the panko in there it, oh. it brightens it up nicely do we, do we have red snapper commonly here absolutely absolutely is that Wait, well, is snapper it? is domi. Domi, and, right? Yes. Right. And yeah. there's there's a lot of different kinds, but you will find red as well. Too. Yeah, domi is a little more pricey at the hair restaurants, the raw fish ones. But yeah. one of my more well-off friends got it for me last time instead of the regular like kuangao, the flatfish. Mm-hmm. It was much nicer. I oh, it's admit. so yeah. good, yeah. domi. Yeah. yeah, and I've been to the farms <laughs> down near um, like Goje or. Or uh, Tongyong, uh-huh. the farm, the fish farms in the sea. Oh and wow! For man, the tomi, yeah, they're so good, and nice. and I understand why they're so expensive. Yes. <laughs> Moving on to a couple more photos, we wanted to show you this dish. I thought I wouldn't like it, but then I've had it a couple of times because it was at a restaurant as part of like a hanjong shik, just a big spread of Korean mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. This is the Huangte Kui. It is it is kind of strange to some people, I think, you know, uh, who haven't spent much time in Korea because this is dried. Mm-hmm. It, it's fully dried. Yeah. But then they say it's grilled. It's yeah. actually it's more like pan fried kind of. Because yeah, it's a um, bit more moist than the dried. Fish, it sure is because sure. it's uh, imagine you're taking the, the whole dried fish mm. uh, minus bones um, and then putting a yum yum sauce, a, a sweet and spicy marinade on there. Yeah. And then throwing it in usually an iron skillet for a mm. little bit and kind of crisping up the edges. So doesn't that sound kind of bizarre? To, yeah. Yeah. Because it's originally dried, but then it kind of soaks up the sauce and then you're grilling it or frying it. Right. <laughs> it, it really threw me off the first time I had. I was like, wait a second, they're drying it? And then, but as I've learned more about, you know, the history of these and why they dried them to preserve them like that, mm. it really is kind of cool. And, and it's a delicious dish. Um, it is a bit more pricey than the other ones for yes. the amount that you get. It's yeah. more of kind of a luxury item, I think. But if you're ever out in like Pyeongchang area, mm. uh, where the Olympics were a few years back, or um, you know on the East Sea, and you have a chance to try that, please give it a shot. It's really something. Yeah, new. the texture is really interesting because it's not like 
like the dried version. So unique. Not yeah. like the completely reconstituted version either. Yeah, exactly. And that sauce is the killer with rice. It's brilliant. I, I, you're right. I had it at a ski resort in Pyeongchang. That's it. Yeah, yeah. that was exactly what well, they were Supposedly, it. that's the birthplace of Huangte. It's oh. not where it's mostly produced now, but, okay. it, but it, the in first the place in area. South Korea that it was ever done. Yeah. Certainly cold enough in the winter, I can tell you that. And then this one is the one that I said my mum would prepare for me the huang te tang yeah we keep circling back to this because i really think that this is the most interesting dish and, and most prevalent dish mm. made from this fish here in korea this is the one that's dried over months in the mm. mountains winds and you get that yellow color to it then you pull those shreds off you soak them in water or even you take the water that you wash the rice in oh you know? is that another tip i've never done that before oh uh, it's a, well, just to get another start bit of starch you know remember back in the day you don't want to waste yeah. any food right make every calorie count absolutely and so you you might soak it in that rice water uh then it plumps back up um and then you're going to boil it with you know you've got uh, often tofu you've got some scallions you've got some korean radish um i remember my mum because when i moved here by myself she was very worried she taught me how to make this because it was one of my faves she said the key is when you've soaked oh, it in right. water then like then, fry it in a bit of soy sauce absolutely, and sesame yeah. oil yeah i'm so glad you brought that up so yeah, good then yeah. it's really really important actually you have to <laughs> after you've soaked it then you're gonna kind of wring it out just a little bit mm -hmm. and then saute it in the toasted sesame oil for yeah. a while oh. which is also the trick with milk too yeah you know? and with yeah. all like even the beef based broths we have here my mum makes me do that first then oh, you put yeah. in the water and it's Absolutely. so much better yeah. so different it looked brilliant ryan you've made me miss that soup so much my mum's listening now she always does and what she does if i say i want a dish it'll be on the plate in about 30 minutes oh time. you're like lucky when I go. that'll be there i can guarantee today oh. <laughs> i'll save you some ryan i promise <laughs> i'm gonna hold you to it peter great uh, to see you again it's great to have you back we'll see you again next friday for another dish of the day you can listen to Dish of the Day with Chef Brian every Friday at 10am KST on Hashtag Daily Cake.